welcome to the spoiler log and a link to the past randomizer podcast. I'm your host, Dante, and this is episode seven. I'm back from my one weekend away up in Maryland, had a good time with some friends, uh, played a lot of Step Maniacs, basically had a little mini round robin tournament, won that. I uh, mentioned that to Temp and Herf, and they mentioned that on Go Mode. It was a good time and uh, really enjoyed a little time away, relaxing, recharging. But now that I'm back, I felt like it was time to get back to it. Checking in, it looks like the main tournament is a little over halfway through brackets. Um, and it's starting to shape up with a lot of big names in that top eight. And by the time we probably have another episode, it'll probably be close to top four, if not there already. I've also been working on some ideas to kind of shake things up a little bit with spoiler log. I don't want to stray too far from what we're doing right now, but I also would like to talk to some folks that we've already heard their stories in some way, shape or form. And I think some guided roundtable discussion may be the way to do that. So I'm trying to work that through with multiple people and figure out some good topics from the community to discuss. I don't want to go too crazy with it, obviously, because then it just turns into another go mode podcast. And I, I don't want to do that either. But we'll, we'll, we'll experiment. We can do that here, I feel like. That being said, let's jump into today's episode with Skelly. Skelly's a guy that I've seen a whole lot of places in a whole lot of tournaments and also doing really well. But honestly, like until recently in the Survivors of Hyrule tournament, I had never really interacted or raced with the guy directly. Everything I've heard and seen about this guy has been positive, and I felt like he would be a great person to get to know a little better. So I invited him on. He said, yeah, and I'll let you guys jump right on in to hear our chat. On today's episode of the Spoiler Log, we have Skelly. Skelly, how you doing? I am doing great. How are you doing? I can't complain. Uh, had some time off. Glad to be back talking to another great player here in the, the rando community. So, um, and on that topic, I guess, tell me, tell me a little bit. How did you find the game A Link to the Past Randomizer? What got you into racing this game? Yeah, so I guess my experience with Link to the Past is a little bit different than most people in the community because, uh, well, here's my big secret. I am actually... A zoomer, dun dun dun. By some definitions, <laughs> so <laughs> I was born in 1996, so I am actually a little bit younger than the game. So it's not something I really grew up with necessarily. Sure, um, but I did grow up with Zelda. So you know, being born in 1996, a couple years later is when Ocarina of Time came out. Oh yeah. So that was like my childhood game. So I think like a lot of people in this community, you know, Link to the Past was that game for them. For me, it was Ocarina of Time. Yeah, all the all of us old heads that, that are like, you know, <laughs> getting getting close to like actual real life retirement. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so was was Ocarina of Time like your favorite? Um, was that your favorite game growing up as far as like the Zelda franchise? Yeah, when I was growing up, I would say that was my favorite. Um, I did this funny thing because, like, I was so young at the time when I was playing it. Like, I, I still couldn't read yet, which made it kind of challenging. Okay. So I, I remember for, like, a few years, it felt like all I would do was just, like, load up Ocarina of Time, beat the Deku Tree, which I had memorized. Okay. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, spoiler alert, the Deku Tree dies, right? Oh, no. I thought that was so scary, so I would just turn it off without saving. <laughs> and I would just do that over and over and over again. That's like how I had fun. <laughs> that is amazing. I love that. <laughs> so then like as I got older, like um eventually I would make a little bit more progress into the game with like each each run, I guess you could say. Sure. Um making it a little bit further each time and then eventually I got super stuck on the Shadow Temple for a long time because that also is very scary. <laughs> Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, Shadow Temple was probably one of my least favorite. Uh, I mean, I was a older kid, but I'll admit that was it was a little creepy. I hated those rededs, man. They were like awful. Yeah, I mean, I still think it's kind of creepy. Or especially the that one room where there's like four sculptures in the ceiling that just like drop down in front of you. That oh god, 
it absolutely terrified me. And even today, like if <laughs> if I forget about those and like walk into one, it it scares the shit out of me. It's a jump scare every time. Yeah. Like I remember, I remember my experience with the Redeads. Like, I I was the it was the first time as a kid, like pulling you know the the sword out of the pedestal in in the temple. And then I it was like one a.m. on a Friday night, and I walked outside, and a Redead grabbed me, and I was like, nope, nope, I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm going to bed, <laughs> and I'm I'm not doing anything else. Like, I'm too scared now. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> So, um, so you played the the Deku Tree a lot. So I, I would say, like, you, you would know the the optimal route to beat the Deku Tree <laughs> by this point. Yep, I think I do. Okay, I hope so uh, at least. Was that actually was so? Was that like your actual first game? Like, or did or did you kind of grow up with like an N sixty four and playing some of the other games? And I say grow up. I mean, you were like, I'm assuming around two when mm-hmm. <laughs> when yeah. that came out. So is that like your first memory in gaming? I guess is probably a better question. Yeah, I think it is. And honestly, I think like playing Ocarina of Time is just my earliest memory, period. Like, I don't really remember anything else like from, I guess, like preschool Mm -hmm. ish. Um, So, yeah, I guess in that sense, I kind of hold that game pretty near and dear to my heart. Oh, yeah, Um, I could I could definitely see that. The the funny thing is nowadays, I think I actually like Majora's Mask more, but (laughs) at the time, at the time, Ocarina of Time was my thing, for sure. So, uh, since you you mentioned Majora's Mask, I'm assuming, like, Zelda, the whole franchise, is that something you've kind of just gravitated towards? Like, when they come out, it's kind of like, okay, I gotta have the new Zelda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've played pretty much every Zelda game that came out. Like, I've always been way more inclined to do, like, single-player kind of games. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of multiplayer stuff. So, single-player adventure sort of thing like that is my jam for sure um i think i've played like every single zelda up until uh what was that one called with the trains spirit tracks spirit tracks yeah yeah i didn't play that one but i think i've played every single one before that it just kind of in different orders from when they came out right and spirit tracks was a slog so i I don't think you (laughs) missed too much with that um i didn't like phantom hourglass too much so i was like "Eh, if it's gonna be more like this I don't really need to play it, probably. I, I need to get off this Zelda train at this point, <laughs> yeah. pretty much. Oh, so so any other franchises, I guess, like growing up that like left a mark uh, in, in your memory? Or, or was it mainly was it mainly Zelda? Mainly Zelda. Um, a lot of Mario as well. Like, mm-hmm. so I guess I should mention, I, I do have two older brothers that are quite a bit older than me. Like, they are... Nine and eleven years older than I am. Okay, I so, thought you were gonna say they're boomers, like since you called yourself <laughs> a zoomer. So I wasn't sure where we were going, but okay, nine nine and eleven years older. Yeah, so like they grew up in the Super Nintendo era, so my family had a Super Nintendo, so I, I right. sort of inherited it. But the thing is, um, my family like we rented most of our games from uh, Blockbuster and whatnot. So we had a Super Nintendo, but we didn't have that many games for it. Um, We really only had, like, kind of bad games (laughs) for it. The ones that uh, they couldn't manage to sell at garage sales, because that was my brother's thing. They would would play a game, but then they want to buy the new game on the new system, so they would sell uh, all their old stuff at garage sales, which is what happened to our copy of Link to the Past. Oh, no. Super Nintendo, I just didn't have Link to the Past. So do do you remember any of these bad games? Because... I do like hearing about bad games. <laughs> so let's see. We had, I think it was called like Marvel War of the Gems. Okay. <laughs> on Super Nintendo. That It's like a beat-em-up where you play as like Iron Man and Hulk and stuff. And All maybe right. it wasn't bad, but I I was bad at it. That could be the problem too. But like I played that a little bit. <laughs> I did not enjoy it. I do remember a lot of my childhood games that I said were bad. I, I think it was because I was I was bad at them. Uh, so that, that there may be some some merit to that assumption. <laughs> uh, we had Pocky and Rocky. I know a lot of people like that game, but like we we didn't have the classics. We didn't have Zelda. We didn't have Super Metroid. We didn't have Final Fantasy six or three or whatever. Mm-hmm. I guess the one game we actually did have that I would consider classic was Chrono Trigger, and I was super into that 
Uh, so were you, were you playing that when you were young too? Because I felt like even as like a college kid when I first experienced Chrono Trigger, that it was kind of hard to to in in some regard. Yeah, I think uh, I probably was like around ten when I finally played that game because like you know as text big text-based rpg like it's not really like a game a little kid can play and enjoy sure um but i, I know like my older brothers always talked about how awesome it was so sooner or later i like dug it out of the closet and i played through it and i was like oh my god this actually is a pretty amazing game and that, that's definitely one of one of the classics so in 64 era you said you played most of the zeldas i mean mario Anything anything else really uh, like growing up like were you a PC gamer at all or was it just primarily Nintendo? No growing up. It was pretty much just Nintendo um, DK 64 was another game. I really liked but yeah Mario 64 DK 64 Ocarina of Time Majora's Mask Really just like the big Nintendo 64 titles were what I would play um, okay. We had a PlayStation 2 but like it wasn't mine like, it was just in my brother's room the whole time. Right. So, like, he was playing games on there, but I was mostly just playing Nintendo games. I got you. So he, he just stuck you with the N64. Yeah. That's, <laughs> uh, the brother life. Yeah. Didn't mind, though. N64 is pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it was pretty great for its time. Like, no kidding. Uh, and I, I'm kind of, like, looking back, especially with, like, the technology that PlayStation had, I felt like the N64 kind of outperformed it, uh, even though maybe on on paper it, it didn't. But, you know. So uh, so I guess help me fill the gap here. You know, it's 2023 and you're one of the hot rando players right now. <laughs> uh, and so so in between, you know, PlayStation one or PlayStation two era, uh, how how did you rediscover Link to the Past and then obviously find the randomizer? Yeah, so I actually specifically remember when I first like learned what Link to the Past was. Um, my brothers were in college, and they had like moved out, but it was like somebody's birthday. It might might have been my birthday actually, but so they were in town, and we were out to eat at a restaurant. And for some reason, like we got on the topic of video games, and and uh, one of them mentioned like, you know what game I really loved was Link to the Past for Super Nintendo, and I was like. Oh, there was a Zelda on Super Nintendo? I didn't know that. <laughs> so then they like started reminiscing with each other, like talking about very specific details that like I can even still remember from that conversation. Like I remember one of my brothers was like, oh yeah, and there's the part where you go in the dark world and in that lake there's the frozen temple. And I was like, ooh, frozen temple, that sounds pretty cool. Okay. So <laughs> they kept talking about how good this was. So I think like the next day I convinced my mom to buy it for me on eBay. Oh, wow. Um, and she did. <laughs> so I was okay. probably like around 10 at this time, I think, um, which funnily enough, I think is kind of the age that most rando players were when they were playing Link to the Past, right? Like when it was a new thing. Yeah, um, yeah or close to it, I, I think. It, you know, I, I think I was like six or seven. So, you know, it kind of checks out. Yeah, so it, it's like it ended up becoming a part of my childhood just several years after it was a thing in other people's childhoods, I guess. As a retro game instead of a, a, a like a current game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's pretty awesome. So do you, do you remember your first experience? Like, was it, were you just like, man, the graphics are so bad? Or, or were, were you into the, the 2D top-down? I remember thinking it was fun and good. Like I, I wasn't amazed by it necessarily because my standard was, you know, like Ocarina of oh, Time, yeah. 3D, you know, mm -hmm. quote unquote modern games. But I had fun with it and I played through the whole thing and I beat it. The one thing I do remember from my first playthrough was I died on Ag of One because I, I didn't know what the tell was for the lightning. <laughs> Oh, because, so, you know, like I, I figured out you have to reflect the balls at him. So stand in front of him. And then I was like, what? Right. You can just shoot lightning at you randomly and you die. And I got like super pissed off and I turned the game off and I, <laughs> I had to like step away from it for a few days. 
Because, you know, you got to go all the way back up Aga Tower after that. It sucks. Yeah, for the casual player, Aga Tower is definitely not easy. That's that's for sure. I think I might have I might have done the classic mistake of not getting the ice rod, probably because I wasn't actually reading anything because I was lazy. Um, I think I, I ran up to Trinex and I was like, so how am I supposed to kill this stupid thing? Yeah. But I, I did eventually beat it. I don't even remember where the the clue is to tell you, honestly. I, I cannot remember for the life of me. I don't either, now that you mention it. I know someone tells you, I think it might be like a hint tile somewhere. But I wasn't reading those. I'll probably catch grief for this too, but like, I do not remember the hammer peg hint either for to open TR. So it's like TR is just shrouded in mystery as far as I'm concerned, as far as like a casual player is concerned. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, so so you beat it, you're around like 10, 10, 11, I guess. And uh, like, were you kind of into the, the gaming or the, the, the retro gaming? Or were you just kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm going back to my N64 and, uh, and everything going forward? Yeah, I think I thought it was I thought it was good. Like I had a lot of fun with it, but I think I was still more interested in the, the modern stuff, like especially GameCube around that time was a thing. Sure. So like I would replay Wind Waker and Ocarina of Time all the time. I wouldn't really replay Link to the Past for that. It was kind of just like a one and done for me. Mm -hmm. Like I thought it was good. I, I didn't think it was life changing or anything. Yeah, that's fair. So with playing, I, I gotta ask this now. So we're, we're, I'm, I'm jumping ahead, but I, I need to know: are, are you playing Tears of the Kingdom? I am. In fact, that's what I was doing before we started this. I've been playing all day. <laughs> Dude, the game is so good. I don't want to spoil anything for folks, but man, like I've probably put eighty plus hours in, and I, that's that's like saying something for me, like as far as my gaming like time allowance right now. So uh, I don't know. It just it sucked me in, and it's it's been great. I think, honestly, like, I still have plenty more to do. It might be, like, favorite game of all time territory for me. Wow. Like, I, I'm okay. really enjoying it. Like, I like Breath of the Wild a lot, but I feel like it's a significant step up from that. But, yeah, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, so. Right, right. I, I, I feel like, I, I kind of feel like that we got with Tears. You, you ever been on Steam and you see, like, these early access games and they're good, but then like two or three years later, you get the full game. And honestly, that's kind of what Breath of the Wild to Tears of the Kingdom feels like in, in kind of a, a very poor way of describing that. Because it's like there was there's tech that's in that one that's not in this one, you know, vice versa. So but it's the same world. So and I think this is like the first time we've seen the Zelda world. What you know, the same like the same Hyrule in two two mainline games. Yeah, someone mentioned uh, the analogy that it's kind of like the step up from Super Mario Galaxy 1 to Super Mario Galaxy 2. I don't know oh, if you played that's those a games. Good, yeah, that's a really good way to describe it, I think. Yeah, because like Galaxy 1, it was like, you know, groundbreaking, technologically speaking, like with all the gravity puzzles and all that. So then Galaxy 2 comes around. It's kind of like the same game. Just everything about it is 100 times better. Like they weren't trying to reinvent the wheel or right. anything. They just took what they already had and made it really, really, really good. And I feel like that's basically what Tears of the Kingdom is. Yeah, that's that's a really good way to describe it. I think it's better than the the early access. I think because <laughs> <laughs> early access is usually really broken and buggy. But you know, if you speed run breath anyway, uh, <laughs> we could go down a rabbit trail on that. I'm not going to do that for too long. Um, so there's obviously a lot of time. I'm, I'm circling back here to this question. There's a lot of time between being 10 years old and current Skelly in 2023. So how did how did you find Rando? Because everyone's got the story of, you know, I watched the Andy Christos race or, uh, you know, I watched something with speed gaming. And that could be I'm, I, that might be your story, too. But I'm curious to see because I feel like you came in a little later than a lot of other folks. I might I might be assuming wrong there. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. Um, I actually didn't know who Andy was until <laughs> like <laughs> a couple months after I started racing to give my perspective on things. Um, That's awesome. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I first discovered Rando through SMZ3. 
Okay. Uh, um, there is this Twitch streamer slash former YouTuber that I really like. Um, I'll give him a plug here. Uh, his name is Diabetes, not to be confused with Dr. Diabetes. There's actually two different people on the internet named Diabetes. It's very confusing. I, 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 with that being a meme on the internet too, um, with the, the old Will, you might be too young to know this is old Wilford Brimley commercials. I've seen uh, videos of it. <laughs> I never saw it on TV, but I've seen videos of it. I lived through that on TV. Anyway, so yeah, there could be a lot of, of memer named diabetes folks online. <laughs> yeah, so he, and he still does this. Every Saturday he plays SMC3. So it was December 2020. Um, COVID was wrecking everyone's lives in the US and everywhere mm-hmm. else too. But, um, and I was kind of in a bit of a lull. Because I had just graduated in August of that year, August 2020. Right. With a degree that I ended up not really wanting. So just to like kind of go into my life story a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I graduated college with a math and a computer science degree. And I had a little bit of like a quarter life crisis. Like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I want to become a math teacher, like a high school math teacher. Okay. So as soon as I graduated college, I immediately went to grad school and got a master's in math education. And by the time I was done with it, I was like, hell no, I'm not doing this. I hate this so much. <laughs> <laughs> and that was in August of 2020. So I was going through a rough time because I just spent all this money on the degree. I didn't really sure. want There's a pandemic, so it's really hard to find work. Not to mention like the work I was trying to get into which would be like programming or something like that. You know, my, my degree in that was like two years ago right. or so. And like, I don't have relevant experience since then. So it was really hard for me to find a job. Um, and also just with social distancing in general, like it was really hard to have hobbies, period. Right. So I was watching Twitch and I see diabetes streaming. And I'm like, oh, I used to watch his YouTube videos like 10 years ago. I didn't know he still plays games. Oh, what's this? He's playing... Link to the Past, okay, that's cool. That's a fun game. Then I watch him, and he jumps into Cackwell. I specifically remember this, he jumps into Cackwell, he opens a chest and the Spazer comes out. And I'm like, what? The Spazer? <laughs> what is this? So immediately I like looked up, you know, I, I asked in the chat, like, what is he playing right now? Why, did, why are there super Metroid items here? People are like, oh yeah, it's SMZ, SMZ3, blah, blah, blah. So I looked that up and I was like, wow, this is just fascinating. Like not even so much of the randomization part, but yeah. I was just blown away by the fact that the two games could be combined like that. So I was like, this is super cool. I want to try it. Um, so I made my own seed and I had played Super Metroid 2. It, it was kind of like linked to the past for me where it's not a game I grew up with, but I did play it like as a quote unquote retro game later in life. Right, right. And I liked it a lot. So so I made my own seed. I played through it. I didn't use a tracker because I didn't know what that was. I didn't know this was a thing that people like speed run. I just did like sure. a casual run trying to use all the knowledge I had about the two games. And I was definitely lacking in some departments. But I eventually finished and it took like two days and 12 hours or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I was like, that was fun. I'm going to do it again because it was so fun. Yeah, let's make another one. Yeah. So I made another one and I played through it and I did that like three or four times. And I had like no idea that there was even like a community for this. I just thought it was like a cool random thing someone made. Right. Oh, yeah. So then eventually I'm like looking up stuff about this and I see SMZ3 is a combination of the Super Metroid randomizer and the Link to the Past randomizer. So then I started reading about the two things individually and eventually I find the Link to the Past randomizer Reddit. Which I okay. don't really use Reddit that much. But I found it and I was scrolling through there and I saw, and I'm not sure if they still do this, but there were these casual competition weekly yeah. async things. Right. I think they still do them. They, they do some form of asyncs. Okay. That's cool. Because that's kind of what got me into racing in the first place. Because I didn't see this I didn't know racing this was a thing. Like I didn't I didn't see it at GDQ or whatever. Right, right. Else did, I guess. 
Um, so I was like, okay, I'll try this out and see how fast I am, I guess. This seems like it could be fun. So I started doing those. I think it was like, there was like a, a casual seat every week and a weird seat every week. And then you could do some of the daily challenges that they have that are just mm-hmm. like auto-generated or whatever. Yeah. So I was doing that and having fun. And then I saw someone eventually posted on Reddit something about the ladder. And I'm like, what's the ladder? Like StarCraft ladder? Because <laughs> I played a little bit of StarCraft too. Um, and liked it a lot. So then that led me down a whole other rabbit hole. And oh, yeah. by the time January 2021 comes around, I am uh, I'm signing up for ladder and I'm just racing people. So I, I just dove right in. I didn't really care. I didn't, I didn't hesitate whatsoever. I just signed up and started playing, even though I didn't really know what I was doing. Okay. Um, so were, were you kinda... using a tracker by this point or? <laughs> um, yes. I figured okay. out what a tracker was at some point doing the, uh, the Reddit asyncs. Cause I saw gotcha. people talking about trackers. Okay. So I did figure that out eventually. So, so you're, you're another one of the folks that came in with ladder versus the old group races, which I mean, your timeline, I mean, it's, it's kind of apparent considering that's when the big group races really were dying off. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it, it's, it's just, uh, it's so odd to me. I, this is how I know I'm like a rando boomer, even though I thought <laughs> I was like late to the party when I started, but it's like hearing someone never experiencing those besides the qualifiers, I guess, like a big race is just, it's mind boggling to me. Uh, <laughs> Cause it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like the game's been around that long, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I only really do the big races if it's a qualifier or every now and then I'll do the SG dailies, but even then I don't really participate in those too frequently. Sure. So you're, you're learning through ladder at this point. Um, I guess, I guess my question now would be like, where did you kind of, I, I, I guess like settle in? Like, is it just like, okay, I see tournaments now, like basically cause you got into the ladder from, from Reddit. Did you find like the main discord or did you find tournament discords or just from interacting with folks there? Yeah. So I, f- I saw, I think just from like randomly Google searching stuff about randomizer, I found the league website. So okay. I think around that time, like season three was maybe ongoing or it had recently finished or something. I'm not totally okay. sure. That sounds about right. So I, I was kind of looking through that and I looked up a few random VODs of people racing. Um, and then, yeah, the main tournament in 2021. Um, I forget when exactly qualifiers started for that, but it wasn't too long after I started playing on ladder. So like I saw a bunch of people talking about it. Yeah. Um, eventually, like I, I found my way into that Discord. Um, I think that was like the first tournament I really like participated in. Okay, and I mean you did pretty well. I mean if that was your very first tournament, I mean you you hit as a group uh, the group four seed like in the fourth quartile mm-hmm. and uh, made it all the way to the final portion. That was back when the the group stage had like the the winners and losers bracket side or whatever. And you made it to the finals in the loser side. So for a first showing, that's really good. Yeah. I wasn't really expecting to qualify at all. Um, I barely made it in. So, but yeah, I mean, when I started on ladder, like I was saying, like I had so much free time in my hands. Like I was playing so much. Like if you look at my ladder stats and see, I think it was season five, maybe season four, I played like 80 something Mm -hmm. games. I haven't come anywhere close to that since then. Since I haven't had that <laughs> amount of time, but like I just I just had nothing else to do, so I was playing like two or three seeds a day. Um, and yeah, by the time main tournament rolled around, I was I was barely able to to make the cut for that. So from there, I mean, was it just was it more ladder? Like, did did you did you see the cross keys? I guess of twenty twenty one and decide I'm jumping into that head first too. I'm trying to remember. I think I did. Let's see, 2021. Because your name to me is a name where I, re- I don't remember when I first saw it. And I'm assuming now it was in 2021. But I remember after I saw it, I didn't stop seeing it. It was just Skelly is in everything and doing well in everything. Yeah, I actually I was in Krosky's tournament that year. That's right. Um, I think that year I ended up... Um, like with a roughly even record, or I think I was one 
win away from making the tiebreaker race. Wow. That's pretty good for, I, I think, for first showing. I think I got kind of lucky in some of those races, to be fair. <laughs> you know, but, but yeah, I, I have a hot take with cross keys and it's probably because I'm not good at it. But the hot take is anyone who says that it's 100 percent skill and zero percent luck. I think they're kind of lying to themselves like you have to in rando in, in any regard. You have to have some luck go your way. You, you, you have to luck sack occasionally, I think, to to, mm-hmm. to be doing well. Oh, that's 100 percent true. Yeah. I mean, there's it's a lot of both, I think. Deciding yeah. what the exact distribution between luck and skill is is kind of hard, and I think it also depends a little bit on the mode, but there's a lot of both for sure. Right, right. Uh, and I mean, I'm looking here, and so you join up after that league in 2021. You guys are in the Open League, uh, Validation Chest Boots. So uh, tell me how this team came to be. How did you get paired up with Tiverius and Hexodus? Yeah, so we did not know each other at all um we all just filled our names in that uh i forget what they even call it the like open registry yeah free agent agent thing yep yeah so i mean i just put my name in there because i didn't really know people like obviously i'd raced a bunch of people so like i know people but i didn't didn't really have like a friend like reaching out and being like hey can you let me can you let me race with you (laughs) yeah like i don't know who to ask so i just put my name in there and then uh, Tiverius messaged me one day. He's like, hey, want to start a team with me? And I was like, yeah, sure. And did the same thing with Exodus. And that's how we met. And it, uh, I don't know if, it, if we just got lucky or what, but the three of us, like, even though we didn't know each other at all, we got along super well, um, had a ton of fun. And we, you know, we've stuck with that team through that league season, the next league season, and uh, multi-world yeah. for two seasons as well. Oh wow. Okay. So this this is the first I'm hearing of like a multi-world league. That's that sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a lot of fun. It's not the most uh serious oh, tournament yeah, in the world, sure. but it's it's a lot of fun for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the first season, I mean I'm looking at your record, you went six and one. Uh as a team, you guys went eight and six. So definitely doing some some heavy lifting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, if I remember correctly, it came down to the last game, whether we were going to make playoffs or not. And I don't remember if it was like as a wild card or what, but I right. think it was me, me and Ty versus Oro and somebody. I can't remember who. Uh, that I'm game decided who went Darity. to. Darity, yeah. So they won that last game and I think they got to go to playoffs. So that was a very exciting season for us. Yeah, it's always it's always really exciting when like there's something on the line. Um, I I, I want to bring this up. I, I hate to bring this up in a way, but so something on the line, season five. Like, let's just jump ahead a bit to that. You you guys were in that uh, famous uh, massive tie for mm-hmm. um, the not to get relegated spot. Unfortunately, you guys came out on the losing end of that and and did get relegated. But uh, how, how did like tell me tell me a little bit about that? Like what what was your mindset? I guess if you if you even remember like of going through like okay this is this is our scenario we got to try and not get relegated. Yeah, so our goal or at least my goal just going into the season and this is going to sound kind of sad but it was to get at least 7th place <laughs> so that we could stay. Okay. Um, but like otherwise like we didn't really have aspirations of making playoffs I think. In some sense, because we were promoted from open to invitational, right. I kind of felt like we already won something just by being there. Um, sure. And like the whole point of playing in these tournaments, at least for me, is I just like playing against really good players. So right. even if we lose, I'm still having fun. So it wasn't really that big of a deal to me. Sure. Okay. Because, you know, I got what I wanted. I got to play against a lot of really good people. I got some pretty good wins. Um, and I got to do it with my friends. So, I mean, I wasn't too upset that we ended up getting relegated, especially after we put up one of the better showings of teams that do end up getting relegated. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, that that record does not really 
sound like a record of, of relegation. I think it just shows how tight that whole entire division was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. So uh, also around this time, I think this is when the you, correct me if I'm wrong. This was around the time of the, the Kabuki Hundo tournament, and that was the 80 keys casual boots. And if I recall, you you either did you win or did you get like all the way? To, was it finals or semifinals? I, I got third. OK, yeah, I, th- I think that probably did start around that time. Yeah, that tournament, we all kind of joke about how long the tournament went. But I think it did start around then. Yeah. Okay. So what was, how, how was that? Like, I, I, I need to ask this because I can't fathom playing 80 keys that many times because I know it was like best of threes and double elimination. So uh, did, did you, was your experience with the Kabuki Hondo mode? Was that like, was that, was that a positive thing? I think. Yeah, I think so. I don't think I had played that specific form of 80 keys before. Like I played mm-hmm. regular AD keys like all the time, and I think sometimes with starting boots, I don't think I'd ever done like casual boots plus AD keys before. Um, okay, and I, I do like the mode. I think it's a really good mode. I'm surprised it doesn't get played more. But yeah, by the time that tournament was over, I was like, man, I don't want to play AD keys again, <laughs> like <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> like that's honestly, even though that was kind of a while ago now, that's part of the reason why. I, I didn't sign up for the current AD keys tournament. I was but. about to put you on the spot. I was about to say, okay, am I going to see your name in this AD keys bracket? If I look up right now or in the Swiss, but <laughs> yeah, I decided to dodge that one. And it was like one of the first tournaments I've actually dodged since I really, really, uh, fell into the tournament. Right. Hole. So do, do you still try and participate? Like, I guess in the, um, like I said, I've seen your name in everything. So it's like all a blur in a way. But the the latter invitationals, like, do you have you been going for those as well? Because I did you make top sixteen in one of those recently? No, I have not qualified for any of those. Okay, um, and part of the reason is just because I don't really like playing the same mode too much. Mm-hmm. You like, like variety? Yeah, like I I play basically every mode, um, and for I don't think you needed to for the first couple invitationals, but now like you have to play ten of whatever yeah. the mode is. I usually don't like like if there's a cross keys invitational then i would probably do 10 races but like cash boots i don't really like it that much so much that i want to play like 10 races of cash boots versus a 10 10 races of like five different modes you know Mm -hmm. so So the new yeah the newer format of the main tournament so your first one was 2021 and it was standard hard like all the way all the qualifiers all the groups so in 2022, they started with the, the variety of modes. Is that something you like more, having that variety? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, that said, like, I don't necessarily agree that all of the modes are that good. But the fact that oh, there's no, variety, I think, is a big improvement. Like, in that first main tournament I did, 2021, like, mm-hmm. I didn't make it that far. And I was still so sick of standard hard. <laughs> and I don't, I like, <laughs> I can't imagine how you feel about it, but like, me and Gamma both probably were completely <laughs> over it. Uh, I'm still over that mode. Like, <laughs> don't yeah. want to play it. So I definitely enjoy the variety way more than just playing one mode over and over again, unless it's cross keys. I think cross keys is the one mode I like enough where, yeah, I, I'm always going to be enthusiastic to play it. So that's it's safe to assume that's your favorite favorite all time like rando mode. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And I, I I really hear that a lot with people, and I think that being a mode you could play over and over, it kind of just has a little bit of everything. You know, it feels different enough each time because of the the entrance randomization, the the keys, and then you know some very interesting you know logic chains that can't come up in you know casual boots or even just normal open. So yeah, I could I could definitely see why that mode has become so popular as it has. Yeah, just entrance randomizer in general, I think is so fascinating because there is just such a ridiculously large amount of possibility like in how different connectors and entrances can be arranged that you're never ever 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 going to always know exactly what the fastest way to get from point A to point B is. Right, for all like every choice you have to make throughout the seed, right? Like 
there's just too much possibility. So I love, you know, trying to figure out what is the best route to get from here to there on the fly. Cause like in cash boots, you know, it still comes up every now and then like, Oh, is it faster for me to run here or to flute here? Hmm, I don't know. But with cross keys, you're doing that like constantly. And I think that's part yeah. of why it's really fun to me. It, it does require a lot more like mental, mental capacity thinking, you know, thinking two steps ahead while executing well, you know, one step ahead or the current step. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I want to put you on the spot. I'm going to ask you this. This is our, our current current events. I've never done a current event section in one of these, but I want to know. <laughs> okay. What's your thought on this specky clip? Should, should it should it be allowed? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Oh, yeah, man. I got a, I got a lucky, uh, lucky timing on this. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so first of all, I'm just very excited about it because, like I said, I started playing in very late 2020, early 2021. This was after Icebreaker. Icebreaker. Yeah. Yeah. Down. So for me, this is actually like the biggest, if, if it does get allowed, it's like the biggest new glitch that's been discovered. Right. So just by that alone, like I'm pretty excited it's about exciting it. exciting times. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think it's cool. I, I hope it gets allowed. I think it should be allowed. I've been enjoying reading all the discourse about it so far. And I guess, I guess one thing that people are talking about a lot with it is like, does it degrade the decision making that people make in seeds like is is it going to make it so decisions are easier than before because maybe that's not necessarily a good thing but here's right. my take on it is uh 99% of the time if you have the option to go to hammerless swamp in like let's let's say like a normal mode like open or cash boots sure 99% of the time if that's your option that's like a really terrible option and you're not going to take it right like it's yeah. so out of the way and so slow that it basically never happens anyway. But now it's like a hundred percent of the time, a good option because you don't need the hammer anymore. So I sure. feel like in that sense, it's not really like a loss in variety because we're just going to go from, you know, a, a play that people take like 1% of the time to a hundred percent of the time. Like, it's not like there was much decision in the first place because I feel like in almost every situation, it's just going to be objectively pretty bad to uh, to go into a hammerless swamp unless you're like right. really, really trying to metagame or something. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, that's I'm, a pretty I'm good on take. Board for it. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see new tech. Uh, I, I the old man in me as it came up just went, oh god, not again. But it I, I got to admit, it's really exciting to see this. Initially, I thought you know the really hard setup. And, you know, very pixel and sub pixel dependent. And I went to bed and was like, this is this is garbage. And then I woke up and it's totally free by the time I woke up. So (laughs) (laughs) I was like, all right, everyone's gaming. That's it's perfect. Yeah, that was amazing. Like how quickly people were developing strats for it once they knew it was a thing. And just how fast, (laughs) how quickly people were able to discover such a free setup for it. It It blows my mind that. People just think of it. it. The fact that it developed as quickly as it did after taking this long to be discovered is like, that's what's the mind boggling part to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because people just, just need to just know that there. it's possible and then they, they'll figure it out. It's just right. no one knew it was possible. <laughs> I think it'll be really interesting for like a cross keys mode, cross keys mode, because I know some folks like did a big race last week. Uh, with, you know, saying, hey, we're going to allow this for this specific race just to see how things play out. I don't even know if it affected the race, but uh, they were allowing it. I thought it was really cool that like some people were getting together to test that out. Yeah, I I thought like it probably wouldn't be super common for its like logical relevance. But it's funny because I've watched like two other seeds, like other people playing since right. it got discovered and in both cases like it was a spec eclipse seed <laughs> like oh, wow. it was a seed where you would actually do hammerless swamp um, that's pretty so awesome it, yeah it's pretty funny but yeah it's it's pretty exciting i think yeah we'll have to see what the the council says um i know as i say that it probably sounds funny wording it that <laughs> way but i uh, i said earlier today that most likely uh, you know my 115th of a decision they'll probably slap down you know let's let's do it uh, even though, even though I'm old and I like, I like watching execution and I like watching the logic, but I also like interesting decision-making too. So 
Um, yeah, we'll see what we all decide. It just feels like it would be weird if if you could hair pop, but you can't do this. To me, it feels right. like the same thing, but that's just my opinion. And and kind of what I've picked up from you with reading some of your you know your posts and, and all of the I like how you worded it as discourse because that's probably the most professional way to say it um, <laughs> of of discussing this is that there's a lot of data you have and then I've noticed from like you know other other discords that you even with the main tournament I think you had your own data sheet as far as like modes was it modes coming up and everything or did you collaborate with Mike on that. So we we both kind of had our own sheet. Um, okay. He did a lot of like the data collecting stuff. I made a sheet that had um, basically predictions. So I grabbed everybody's ladder ELO ratings for different modes or oh. the, the closest modes to the modes that are in the tournament. Okay. Um, and then made the Monte Carlo simulation to uh, to predict who is more or less likely to advance with the current standings that we have, which I think mostly was really helpful just in the group stage because tiebreakers are so complicated and right. I don't want to figure those out by myself. So sure. I made a machine do it instead. So it, it was really helpful, at least for me to kind of understand what the different tiebreaker scenarios were. Um, mm-hmm. And there were at least a few instances where people looked at the sheet and we're like, oh, my tiebreaker scenario actually is different than what I thought it was. I actually oh, have that, a head-to-head pretty good. win that I didn't realize I had. So, Yeah, so I, I'm having a smooth brain moment, um, but Monte, you said you Monte Carlo simulation. Is that is that right? Yep. Can you explain what that is? Yeah, so basically, like, we take, we figure out what the probability for any given matchup between two people is for player A or player B to win. Okay. And we just like flip a coin or roll a die or whatever to decide who wins based on those probabilities. And we simulate the entire tournament that way and record the results. Then we do that like 30,000 times and just record all the results. Like, okay, how many times did Dante win the tournament? 3%. Okay, cool. So he has got approximately a 3% chance to win the whole thing. Interesting. Um, Okay. Yeah. So basically, it's just it's a script that's running. It runs everything over and over, and then you just get all the data. Kind of like, probably not the exact scenario, but like Dunka getting data from fifty thousand seeds, because it's still yeah. kind of random. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's it it is like iterative. Gotcha. You run it over and over and over again. And just look at the long term results. Okay, that's the first time I had ever heard it like called something official, like you know Monte Carlo, like that. I was I, I'm I'm old. That's a car, like an old car <laughs> to me. Um, so it's a fancier name sure. than it, uh, it's a fancier name than it really, it's, it's not as complicated as it sounds. So. <laughs> awesome. So is, is like, is, is that something you really like doing? Like, do you like looking at the data of, you know, the, the ladder versus like tournaments and then comparing the two just to kind of see where people potentially stack up? Or is that just something you kind of do because programming and the computer science? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. Like, I'm definitely interested in probability in general. Like, when I was in college, that was one of my like areas of emphasis in my studies. Uh-huh. Um, and like, I I do get caught up in like sports predictions. So like another okay. thing, like my family is super into March Madness, for example. All right. Um, we do our thing where like everyone fills in their bracket, right? See which which teams go furthest. Right. We have our, our whole point system set up. So, like, I also made basically the same kind of program for that, but it, instead of uh, who's going to win the main randomizer tournament, it's who's going to win the bracket pool. <laughs> so, oh, okay. simulate the March Madness tournament 10,000 times or whatever and figure out whose bracket's going <laughs> to give you the most points at the end. Just, I mean, not that the information is really helpful at all, but I just think sure. it's fun to look at that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. So, so big sports family, do you have, do you have some main teams or main sports you follow or you, is that not really your thing? Oh yeah. I I watch a lot of football and baseball mostly. I'm from Wisconsin, so big Packer and Brewers fan. Okay. Um, Yeah. I don't play sports though. (laughs) Way too nerdy for that, but I like watching them. Was, was Rando like, was that like your first like dip into like anything competitive or, you know, did you have some 
some sports, I guess like some sports moments growing up, you know, the parrots say, hey, you want to play t-ball? Sure. Or, or something like that. Yeah, I think every attempt my parents had to get me into something like that failed. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I did play t-ball for like a couple months, I think. And then I was like, no, this is boring. <laughs> or like I did karate for like a month. No, I quit that too. Um, but one thing I did get into a little bit before I got into rando, like in the late, like 20 teens, I did mm-hmm. discover I enjoyed chess a lot. Um, okay. Which is something like I knew how to play, like rules wise from a young age, I learned how to play, but I like wasn't any good at it and I didn't play it very often. But that is like a competitive thing I kind of got sucked into when the, I forget what year it was, I think maybe 2018. The okay. world championship was happening between Magnus Carlsen and Fabiano Caruana. And I'm a total, uh, total patriot. So I was rooting for the American Caruana. And that's kind of what uh-huh. sucked me into uh, to competitive chess. And I, I kind of got into that for a while. That said, as soon as I discovered Rando, I kind of stopped playing chess because <laughs> I like it more. <laughs> yeah, because I've heard there's, you know, a lot of there's a lot of Rando players that do enjoy chess and play chess. So um that's it seems to be like a common thread with a lot of folks. And I think it has something to, something to do with that bit of, I guess, mental element, planning ahead, thinking ahead, trying to fab, almost fabricate something into working against your opponent. Yeah, for sure. And like one thing that I always kind of compare between the two is openings is a thing. Like there's not nearly as much variety in rando openings as there is in chess, but like you know, how do you decide exactly how you want to start an open seed? Like right. what are your first however many moves? Because you you can at least plan that far ahead. Right? Like, mm-hmm. like you gotta have some sort of plan for trying to get bombs and money or whatever. Sure. Um and then like kinda, what openings are advantageous against other openings, stuff like that. Yeah, it's kinda like if you get three bombs, you start at Link's house, you could maybe detour over to Saha or you get a 10 pack, maybe you get really brave, do, do South Shore like right from the get go. Yeah, kind of uh, like thinking about all the different branches, right? Because like in chess, you, you control one color, right? So you get to make a decision and then there's a decision that's out of your control, which is what is black going to do? Or in the case of randomizer, what item are you going to get? And then right. you can have, you know, you can have your opening book, they call it. Like, okay, if, if I find this item here, then I'm going to go to sauce or whatever, things like that. Mm-hmm. Chess, chess is something maybe I, I should pick up again just to... Uh, I, I'm the guy when I play chess, it's kind of like... I know the rules, like you said. I move things. It's almost like someone playing rando, and it's like, the tracker has got a green square. I will go to the green square, because <laughs> I know I can. Uh, yeah. Don't, don't, don't really have an educated reason as to why, but, but yeah, chess, chess is definitely a good, fun hobby. Yeah, for sure. Let me let me throw these, these three questions I've got at you. Uh... So this is what we've been asking a lot of the folks. Basically, everybody's come on. Uh, do you have a most embarrassing moment in Rando? And if so, what is it? Yeah, so I've been thinking about this all day because I have several. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, if you want to, if you, if they're tied, I mean, I'm all for having multiple. So I do think there's one that stands out as being the funniest, which okay. was when I was on Restream in my first ever main tournament. 2021 um i was playing against pika pals uh standard hard like every game mm-hmm. um and i think it was the first or maybe second time i was ever on a restream at all so i was like pretty nervous like i was sure. nervous just being in the tournament in the first place but then that's compounded by the fact that hundreds of people are watching me play in real time sort of and judging you, know. you. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> yeah, the uh, the nature of the seed was like there was no sword early on. I think it was like hammer glove, dark world axis, and I had the mirror. So um, I was in the dark world. Like I entered by village of outcasts. No sword. No like boomerang or anything to like keep me safe. And I had like five hearts, green mail. Mm-hmm. I think there weren't any mails, right? So green mail was very vulnerable. And I was so nervous. Um, so I was going over to Bumper Ledge. Um, and I was going to do like King's Tomb, Graveyard Legend, King's Tomb after that. Um, 
but I ran into a couple things like you normally do, like when you have boots and uh, and no sword. Right. right. But I was so scared I was gonna die. Um, I was on like two hearts in between bumper ledge and graveyard ledge. And I was like, okay, I can't die. I'm like way too scared. I need health. So I remembered, for some reason, I remembered that you can talk to the guy in the dark sanctuary. He's like a little oh, octopus yeah. or something. And he uh-huh. heals you. And I think in cross keys or in entrance, I might be wrong about this, but I think when you talk to him, it's like instant. It's like the priest in sync. I might it's, be wrong. It's not. It's not? Okay. It used to be, he's, he's one of the storytellers. So it used to be like a hint back in the old, like back in the b- before your time days, there were like <laughs> when hints were just on. Uh, that was one of the cross keys hint places. You could talk to that guy and you paid him 20 bucks for the hint. So okay. it's always been like a 20 bucks thing, I think. Okay. So I was under the impression that it would be like an instant health refill. And I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to detour in between bumper ledge and graveyard ledge. I'm going to talk to this guy to refill my health. Cause I'm so scared of dying. So I, I go in there and I watched this back <laughs> after it was over and uh, the chat was just like, what is he doing? Where is he going? And I run up to the little octopus guy and I talk to him and then he starts like, he goes off on like the longest rant <laughs> I've ever seen in my life where he's like talking about like, oh, you can use the five, six crystals to open the pyramid fairy. And then he says like flomp, womp, whistle womp or something like that. And it's just like the slowest thing in the world. And I had to give him 20 rupees for this so he could heal me. And it took forever. And then after I went, you know, I went to Graveyard Ledge and I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. There's hearts in here. <laughs> like <laughs> there's plenty of health in Graveyard Ledge. I had nothing to worry about. So uh, that is a mistake. I don't think anyone else has probably ever made before. <laughs> I um, love that. And probably never will again. So it was a little embarrassing, but also it's pretty funny too. So I, I'm not like too ashamed of it just because it makes for a funny story. That's, that's really good. Yeah. We'll make sure we, I, I'm going to put that down for anybody that I, I mentor uh, for the mentor tournament coming up that, okay, there's hearts <laughs> in graveyard ledge. Don't have to run in here. <laughs> yeah. Unless you don't remember what the five, six crystals do, then you can ask him for some advice. Okay. If you want one of, one of the varieties of big talk, in the game, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's one of them. If you're missing text boxes, oh man. Well, thanks for sharing that one. That's that's pretty good. You said, uh, do you have another that's like up there or is that the the all time? Yeah, another one that came up kind of recently um, that I, a lot of people have given me crap for, which is just kind of funny. It's from uh, Mr. Ed's Mystery Mayhem, which is okay. this weekly thing where Mr. Ed challenges somebody to a, a mystery seed that was on ladder and resulted in a double forfeit. Um, uh, right. So on, on stream, I found hookshot cave and I hovered for the first chest and I hovered for it so hard that I actually kept going past the platform and off of the platform, <laughs> like to the left of that first chest. And I fell and <laughs> the commentators are just like, uh, Skelly, what are you doing? <laughs> because my big secret is most of the time when I'm hovering, I'm not actually looking at the screen. Um, oh my gosh. I, You're I just kind of guessing. Yeah. Most of the time <laughs> I find oh, it no. more consistent if I'm looking at my hands when I'm hovering. So I guess I was just like hovering way faster than I thought I was. Cause when I looked up, I was like way past the ledge and just like hovering <laughs> in midair. And I was like, Oh shit. So then I stuttered <laughs> and I fell. <laughs> Oh, that's really good. I, I've I've seen the and experienced the. I'm gonna hover and then I'm gonna ac- accidentally like walk off the ledge like directly after I get to where I want to be. Uh, but going past it, I think that's a new one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, so again, thanks for sharing those because I know some people are like some people don't like sharing the embarrassing stuff, but it's always good to kind of you know have a laugh at yourself, I guess, looking back. Oh yeah, especially like. I, I used to get pretty nervous playing on restreams. Um, you just kind of have to embrace the fact that you're going to do stupid stuff sometimes. Um, yeah. And just let, just get used to it. And you'll find that you'll play a lot better once you start feeling more comfortable. Like, you're going to yeah. make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. Yeah, because it's like, I think a lot of things you can think about are like, you know, oh, well, SG chat's going to judge me. 
for making this mistake. But I mean, if you God route, I think SG chat or any restream chat is going to judge you for that, too. So, oh, yeah. Um, it's it's just like it's it's the peanut gallery. You just have to learn to, to live with it. <laughs> yeah. SG chat is going to judge you for everything you do, <laughs> whether it's right or wrong. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing that you got to you got to get used to. Learn. Uh, so uh, the next question. Favorite MSU pack, or do you have one? Yeah, I think nowadays my favorite would be the Final Fantasy mix put together by Leoria. Um, okay. It's like covers of music from Final Fantasies, I think between 1 and 10. It's like piano plus percussion plus vocals. Um, and I think she actually like arranged it herself. Oh, wow. I, think. I'm, I might be wrong about that. But even if she didn't, it's a really good pack. I highly recommend everyone goes and finds it. It's on, uh, it's on Google Charms website, MSU.studio. Okay. It's called Final Fantasy Mix. Thumbs up. All right. I'll have to give that one a listen because I, I don't think I've experienced that one. It's pretty new. I think she released it like a couple months ago, maybe. So the final question here, uh, as far as like the, the three that I like to ask folks, and this, I mean, if you've had time to think about it, you, maybe you know, maybe you don't. Some people... Some people have a hard time with this one, but if you had to lose all of your gaming memories, but you were allowed to keep one, which one would you keep and why? I think, I mean, there's a lot of contenders, but I think I would keep my memories of, um, this is going to sound insane. It, it's called the Chow Garden in the game Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. Okay. GameCube. It's basically like the side quest or not, not even a quest, it's like side content where you get to raise like these little creatures called chows. And they're just like uh -huh. these cute little cute little guys. You like train them and they can like fight each other sort of like Pokemon. But it plays a little bit more like a Tamagotchi. I, I don't even really like Sonic Adventure 2 Battle that much, but I loved this like side content so much. I spent so much time with it as a kid and that is how I met a lot of my internet friends when I was like... Okay. Clean, I guess. And like I joined a lot of forums back then um, just uh -huh. solely based on this like side minigame thing. So I think that would be it because I got to know a lot of really cool people just because of that. That's awesome. So was were you playing this on like the GameCube or the Dreamcast? I played on the GameCube. Yeah, I didn't have any Sega consoles. Okay. Because I remember when you mentioned the Chow Garden, the first thing I thought of was like the little virtual memory unit that was like a console almost within itself from the Dreamcast, because where you could like send a chow to it and then play the Tamagotchi thing like you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think I played basically the GameCube version of that, where you could, uh, in, instead of the screen thing or whatever it was called on the Dreamcast, you could hook up a Game yeah. Boy Advance with the like controller connector thing. Oh, wow. And you could send them to the tiny chow garden that way on your Game Boy. Okay, I had no idea that that I'm I'm learning that I'm today I was today years old when I learned that they actually had a way to do that on mm -hmm. the GameCube. That's awesome. Yeah, I met a lot of cool people doing that. Um, just probably one of my favorite games as a kid, I guess. Aside from yeah. Zelda, <laughs> everything else was <laughs> Zelda. Yeah, the Sonic Adventure series I thought was pretty decent. I mean, Sonic's a good a good franchise as well. Uh, it's it's kind of it's had its ups and downs for sure, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it seems it seems to be back on the right track now. Yeah. So if people want to find you, uh, uh, besides, can you plug your Twitch? Anything else you uh, you really have? Are you are you a social media person? I don't really use social media anymore. I used to use Twitter a bit, but I I turned off my account because Twitter makes me too sad more often than not. Um, That's but you fair. can follow me on Twitch, uh, Twitch.tv/slash. I am Skellybro. Um, I stream rando a lot. Oftentimes, I'm not really looking at my chat, but sometimes I am. So if you okay. drop in and say hello, I might acknowledge you. I might not. <laughs> Just spam hello until you get an acknowledgement. Yeah. That's, that's the way to do it, I think. It'll work eventually. <laughs> well, Skelly, this has been great. Thanks. Thank you so much for, for coming on. This has been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I've been really enjoying listening to to this podcast and just hearing other people's experiences and their stories and stuff. Oh, well, thanks, man. It means a lot. All right. Well, this has been Skelly.
on the spoiler log. I just want to say thanks again to Skelly for coming on spoiler log today. It was really great getting to know him a little better and hear his story. Uh, I do have another episode lined up for you guys coming up next week. We're going to have Specky Specs. I'm actually revealing a guest. I felt like he's been an up and comer in Rando recently and also discovered the swamp clip. So I kind of want to hear a little bit about that and I want to hear a little bit about him. Hope you guys will tune in for that one too. And we'll see you guys real soon.